You are currently listening to the Dark Match Podcast, but more importantly, you're listening to the voice of the first and only ever two-time rookie of the year, Jackson Argos. Yes, that's correct. You're listening to Jackson Argos, and I'm here to tell you that you need to go back. Go back in time. Go back in your search engine and type in J-A-X-O-N-A-R-G-O-S and listen to me talk even more because, yes, it's true. I was a guest on the Dark Match podcast, and it was the best episode you've ever heard. So when you're done following me on Instagram, following me on Twitter, go and take some time and listen to me talk. You will not regret a single second of it. Coming to you live from the Ohio Media School Studios, welcome to the Dark Match Podcast. Here's your hosts, Matt Barger and Patrick Carney. So we're back, and it feels like I haven't been in in a long time, even though it has only been a week. But we welcome you back to the Dark Match Podcast. Obviously, for those individuals that did see on social media, and it is unfortunate news, but I do have a bright side to every single story. So it came out late this weekend that our esteemed co-host, Matt Barger, has resigned from the Dark Match podcast after some conversations and some back and forth as well. Um, But we wish him nothing but the best, but we have come to the conclusion that This is not goodbye. Just like in wrestling, this is a wrestling podcast, as you would expect. So this is not goodbye. This is simply see you later. And that's exactly what it's going to be. He has some things that he needs to take care of. I told him, hey, take as much time as you need. We'll be happy to have you back when you are ready. So at this point, this is not goodbye to Matt. So I am retracting my previous announcement on Twitter He has not resigned. He is simply on vacation, as Mrs. Gump would say from Forrest Gump. So he will be back hopefully sooner than Mr. Gump, but we will have to see exactly what happens. But I'm excited because we actually have a fun guest, not necessarily a guest. We have a fun co-host in the studio here today. You can find him on Ordinary Average Cleveland Guys Sports Talk Podcast. And a good friend of myself, I've known you, Jesus, since kindergarten. Just about. Just about. We have David Rich in studio with us to kind of take things over and kind of fill the shoes of Matt in his absence just for today. Just but we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. But otherwise, kind of picking things up. There was a fun event that happened in Cleveland last night. There was. I was kind of a little bummed that neither of us could get there last I, night. I couldn't. I was at the library from 12 o'clock in the afternoon even with daylight savings time yeah from 12 o'clock until about nine o'clock last night and i was shocked because i was like going through everything i had the my exam today right that i've mentioned on numerous shows and i'm like look like i'm not going to get anything accomplished at my house at all never dude never i i bring out my laptop and immediately seamus is like Play a song. Play a song. Oh, of course. Because you have four kids. Of course you're not going to get anything done. No, I'm not at all. So my wife like looked at me. She's like, look, go to the library. Get the hell out. Well, yeah. Like <laughs> on Saturday, I decide I'm going to go to 
the the Cleveland Public Library. Worst idea ever. Dude, that is terrible. It is the loudest library. Wait, I you have... drove downtown to go to the library? No, no, no. There's a branch oh. like oh, right down duh, the street. I keep forgetting you actually live technically in Cleveland. Yes, I do. I, I, <laughs> I grew up in Lakewood, so yeah. yeah. But I went to this library, and I'm like sitting there, and I'm literally just like staring at my page, like reading for my study material. And no joke, within two seconds, there's just this huge yell throughout the entire library. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I literally, like, go, like, five more minutes. It does not quiet down. Everyone's, like, it, you would have thought a party was going on. Like, there was a birthday party at the library or something. So I, like, text my wife, Shannon. I'm like, this is literally the loudest library on the face of the planet. And so yesterday I decided, like, look, I need to spend as much time at the library as possible. And the Lakewood one where you live, they right. still think I live in Lakewood. Well, apparently. of course. And so I go there. I'm there for dang near nine hours i think i'm about to get kicked out it's like 5 55 and like this lady walks in that's like a worker at the right. library i was in one of the quiet rooms and i'm like hey what time does the library close she's like nine i'm like oh shit wait yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back it's sunday it's sunday but it's nine no kidding yeah they're open until nine every single night oh, man maybe i really need to go to the library yeah it's literally got so much accomplished i'm happy to announce i passed my exam so I'm on sir. to step three of three. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You had multiple exams. Yeah, I have multiple exams. It's one of those where you need this, 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 and this. Should have picked a different profession, my friend. I should have. <laughs> I, I needed to get out of my profession. first. I was in my profession for almost 10 years. I needed to get away from hell, it. I'm in, hell, I'm in mine. I'm on attempt number four, and I only need one. Yeah. <laughs> But yours is a little bit extent, a little that's, bit more extensive than very, mine. Yeah, that's very true. So mine is just like a two hundred page book that they're like, "Hey, you have eight days to memorize this," and no. they just throw it at you and right. like nothing else. And they give you like some testing material, but either way, right. I, I felt it was best. My buddy and I were like going back and forth, like, "Hey, do, we should go, we should go." And then last second, I was just like, "Look, like it's not a good idea. I need right. to study," but. It was a hell of an event. It was it was a pretty good show. Yeah, I it, will say from from start to finish. I mean, just kind of starting things off. Obviously, the kickoff show was a little. There was a little change. We expected to see Rey Mysterio versus Andrade on the pre-show. They right. decided, hey, we're going to scrap that because we're going to make this a fatal four-way, a fatal four-way for the United States Championship. So they had the New Day, with the exception of Kofi Kingston. Without Kofi, yeah, and. That was a great match. I mean, they picked up the victory right. without Kofi's assistance, but we thought that we were going to finally see what everyone's been cheering for, and we're going to get to that here in a we second. Will. yeah. So starting off the event, we had The Miz and Shane McMahon versus The Usos for right. the Tag Team Championship. The Usos always put on a great match. They, they really do, and so does Shane. He, he does, and I will say I think this – this to me has felt like the most inspired wrestling by Miz, hands down in his career. Yes, and especially now that coming back to Cleveland, I think one of the last times he was still in his full Holly, you know, Hollywood Miz gimmick, essentially, where he Cle- Cleveland di- Cleveland didn't matter. Yeah, but now he came back and was like fully embracing Cleveland. His their gear was Cleveland, co- like Cleveland Browns inspired. I was all for it. And shout out to Philip Kinsner. Who grabbed me a shirt from the Miz last night? Oh, oh, what the the, the Cleveland Cleveland is awesome. awesome. So I, I, he I grabbed saw, me one of those shirts. Oh, nice. So oh, see, that would have been a great one to have. I'm like, I'm gonna wear this to Browns games. I don't even care. 
<laughs> like I'm gonna wear it for practice. I actually, I saw that uh, Nathan Zagura, who does Cleveland Browns daily, I think he was wearing it for their live feed today. <laughs> yeah, he was. So I saw that too. So I was so I was so upset just for that point. And then he right. like texted me. He's like he, he like messaged me. He's like, yeah, you want me to grab you one? I'm like, hell yeah, please. So hell yeah, Cleveland Browns. It almost kind you know yes, it's Miz on the back, but it's almost like you know a Baker Mayfield thing. Yeah. On it, which there's something there that I want to get into later. Um, but yeah, the match was the match was great. I do I like how they've almost for a lot of these matches they kept Shane out of it, where it was like Miz is the reason they lost. Uh, they put a lot of heat onto Shane, so he he would continuously get beat. Right, and obviously with it being Cleveland, they wanted that hot tag. Right, so they kind of built up to that. Uh, Shane, like you mentioned, um, they they put the heat on Miz for losing. Right. So, but everyone kind of expected, obviously, with it going into WrestleMania, they really don't have anything going for this tag team. They just lost again. Right. They can't really have them go into, like, a tag team match at WrestleMania. What are we going to do? Let's have Miz versus Shane. But everyone's question was, who's going to be the one that turns? Right. Well, no offense, you can't have the Miz turn in Cleveland because he would have got the biggest pop ever by doing that. And this, to say that I didn't jump out of my seat, like, when I was watching it later on right. like, in the evening, like, I literally jumped out of my seat. I'm like, oh, that's, like, I'm pissed, but Shane's a freaking heel again. Right. And I think I texted you, the McMahons minus Triple H because he's not blood. Blood McMahons are... They are great heels. Yes. They are not great baby faces. For, no. st- for the stuff that they've done, great for him to, you know, he can be a baby face for a short second. Yes. Extended period of time, he cannot. No. And and this, and he's going to go right back into what he's able to do, what's going to make him the most comfortable, which you hear most wrestler interviews, they say being heel is, the, is so much easier because you can essentially be yourself. Excuse the language. You can be a dick, be an asshole, and oh, we're adult content, man. Just go for it. Yeah, but I go know you. Bro. I know you like to. You like to find Matt a bunch. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he ran out of money, so he had to stop saying the F word. <laughs> but, <laughs> but like, he can go and be an asshole, and it's just perfect for him. Yes, and, and I completely agree with that because now uh, you put him into a position where he can go back to, with all the different storylines that they essentially have surrounding the McMahons, you have all these people on multiple different shows that right. are, are essentially upset. But the one commonality that this has is the fact that if you look at all these people that have been cheated, right? it's all SmackDown. That's it's true. all Shane's show. You got Kofi, you got Becky, you got The Miz now. True. It's all SmackDown. And it goes back to the age-old question, what are they going to do to fix Raw? Right. So, But moving on from there, on from but there. we're not, we're not going to talk about Every single match. We'll talk about the highlights, but yeah. and, and that obviously was the highlight. The one I want to talk about, Asuka versus Mandy Rose. I mean, we can skip over that, but I will say that was an absolute slot fest. It yeah, was, it was. It was bad. Ma- Mandy, you can tell since she's come up, her wrestling has gotten better. Oh, 100%. But you can tell there was one where she caught Asuka and was like trying to like throw her back over her shoulders and essentially just dropped her and they and they were hyping it up like oh what a body slam by mandy it's like no she literally like they couldn't to, they she literally couldn't grab her and dropped her yeah. and then 
I couldn't tell if the end of the match where she was trying where she hit the ropes and fell was supposed to happen, but they played it off like it was supposed to happen and, and Mandy going you know, giving uh Sonia Deville the attitude. Yeah. So it, it's like, okay, I think she was supposed to cost the I match, think, but I don't think it was supposed yeah. to happen in that fashion. I, I think it was more nerves than anything. Because here she is in the first it, she's relatively new. Right. She she was on tough enough. Yeah. She only had maybe two matches in NXT on TV. Right. And then she comes up to the main roster and she's essentially been in tag team uh tag team competition ever since. Right. And here she is. It's her first real singles match. And her first title match ever. Yes. And I, I think. I, I think you're right. Yeah. It, it's her well, it wasn't her first title match ever because she was in the tag team elimination match. Okay. Singles title. Yes, singles, singles title. title. So it was her first women's championship match. So there were nerves there. Uh, I don't think that she's a horrible wrestler. Right. I know myself and Matt have talked about this previously. We mm-hmm. don't think anyone's a terrible wrestler. Right. But there are some matches where it's like, wow, like that you, was you can sloppy. Te- you can tell you need more work. Yeah. I wouldn't say more work. It's just you need to get well, back to that mentality like, hey, you're in the gym. Right. Like you, there's no one watching. Yeah. and That could be it. Where she's where she's overthinking you're, it essentially. You're in front yeah. of a packed arena. Yeah. Like and the crowd was hot last night. That's true. And let's be honest, uh, you didn't see much camera side, but no. from the from what they showed, it looked like a pretty good crowd. That uh, from what I've seen, like yeah. video wise, Snapchats, everything, it, it was rel- like obviously they unfortunately they did have a part of the arena um, blocked off. Right. Um, because, and I think that was, and I think that was hard camera side, like where, where you could, from the camera view, everything looked full. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. You know, at least show me that it looks like that it looks full, but yeah, no, the crowd was great for it. Yeah. Uh, The crowd was hot. There were a couple matches where they were hot. Now the United States championship fatal four way. Right. Fantastic. Yeah. Overall crowd was hot for that one. Absolutely. Congratulations. Once again, to Samojo. I thought that was a fantastic finish. I love the, I love where he counters like uh, he, he counters any type of move, and he literally just goes into the the, the lock. Right. I, I thought that that was a clean finish and made everyone look strong. Oh, absolutely! And it just made them look like, hey, you made one false step, and it, they're still building this up where our truth is. He's a prime player. He really is. And I've always kind of liked our truth. He just never got that chance. And I told you in a text message, and I am all for. Our truth and his whole childhood hero, John Cena. I love it. I, I love it's it. It's like you do understand you're probably the same age or a couple years older. No, he's than older. Him. He's like quite a few years older than not. Him. Not much. He's like like Cena's like forty forty one now or right about forty. Where yeah, our truth's like forty three forty four. Our truth's just been here longer. Yeah, and well, but, he's also a former NWA heavyweight champion. Too, right. That so no one really. Recognizes that right, but it's just so funny. Where I literally, I, would love I, to see that match. I lost my shit when all of a sudden he went into into that the John Cena, the you know you the five me. the five Nothing. moves of doom, starting into the five moves of doom the and five the five knuckle, knuckle shuffle. Yeah, I was all for it. I lost I my. Too. It was great. It was great. And one other thing that was great that the crowd obviously it was like the Daniel Bryan Royal Rumble moment. Yes, I understand. You want to see one person there. But you also have to go back and remember that if it wasn't for this person, uh-huh. Kofi wouldn't even be in the equation. True. So it, it was his opportunity to truly shine, and he put on 
a hell of a match. Landing a 450 splash on the ring apron, that's a huge move no matter who you are. Right. And that match delivered. It was unfortunate that it was overshadowed by we want Kofi chance, but I see where the crowd's coming from. Right. We all want Kofi too, but at the same point, don't let it take away from the fact that you're watching a fantastic match go on that you're just ignoring. Yeah, and it... It it reminds me of that rest of the Royal Rumble. I'm sorry, Royal Rumble, where Rey Mysterio came out at 30 and he almost got booed out of the building. And then and he it disappeared. Ruined, and yeah, and he disappeared. And, and it kind of ruined it. You know, it yeah. ruined that a little bit. But then that kind of helped get the Daniel Bryan story going. Yeah. Where this you're not going to have as long, but you can easily use that to your advantage. Oh yeah. But yes, fan, that triple threat was a great match. Mustafa Ali is a fantastic athlete. Yeah. He he is going to be big here. Yeah. So if he gets his opportunity, but right. y- you look at all the talent that's currently on not only Raw, but you also look at the talent that's also on SmackDown, any person that's on that roster right. could essentially be the next champion. And that's what I love because it's like it could literally be anyone. Right. And you think back in like our childhood, like it was The Rock, Stone, Stone Cold, Cold, Undertaker, Kane. Triple H. Mankind. Mankind. That- and then and Triple H got in there too. Yeah, but other than that, there was really no one else that was that primal person that right. could be there. But you look at both rosters right now: Finn Balor, you got Seth Rollins, you got Roman Reigns, you have Braun Strowman if they want to put the title on him. You yeah. they got Drew McIntyre. Oh, trust me, I the universe. Yeah, the universal title. You know, we can this could easily we could make this a whole show just about this, but I know it's not. But e- Raw. Raw has their own issues. They got to get rid of Brock Lesnar. Once that is, once he he's gone, that show that show I think will get better because you're going to have more opportunities. I don't think getting rid. Of okay, getting the title off of him. Thank you. Sorry, getting yes. the title off of him. But yes. he's he's not going to be there unless he's in the title picture. Yeah. So and he, then when he comes in, he's going to want to win. Yeah. So, so it's going to be difficult. And there's sometimes. Well, there are some times where he he does get a bad rap, and right. the reason why. For example, if you watch that that twenty four special yep. from last year's WrestleMania when he threw the title at Vince, it was because he told Vince, "Don't put us on last. Right? Don't make us the main event. You will bury us if you put us in the main event because people don't like if I'm not if I'm going over, people don't care." Right. And he wanted the shock value. He's like, "That's I wouldn't recommend this at all." And that's why he walked back and he literally threw the title at Vince. He's yeah. like, "You see what just happened there." So I get that. he does care. People say that he doesn't care. He's just in it for the – he does care. But at the same point, he has a contract where, no offense, if someone told me I'm going to pay you X amount of dollars and you only have to work six year, days of the year. Okay, I'm all cool. in. Oh, yeah, I'm all yeah, in. I'll see you six times a year. Yeah. Why Why would you show up any more than that? Well, I love the business and I'd want to be there, but I mean, if I don't have to be, who cares? Right. But, yeah, I think a couple. Yeah, I think we'll let's let's hit the last maybe couple things of. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I know how the show I goes. Know, I, I know, know how the you're, show you're goes. You're a big fan. I love it. I am. Uh, the last, I guess, the last couple things before we get into the interview. Your interview for today. Um, women's tag title match. You know, I thought it was a fairly solid match. Uh, I feel sorry for Natalia. I will say this because it seems like she is always the middle. Of the next big storyline. Yes. She's always with Ronda Rousey. She was that extra person. Right. Now she is that middle person for the talk of Beth Phoenix coming back. So it always seems like she's that 
she's that like missing puzzle piece. Right. She's that playsetter that they're just gonna throw in here, and it's the main story. When she was with Ronda Rousey, obviously it was Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. Now, she is just gonna be that added piece with Beth Phoenix. But I think I think to ease Beth in, I think they got to come into the into the tag. She's got to come back, get into the tag title scene, essentially warm herself back up, put it on put it on Beth and Natalia, let them let them run it out for a little bit, you know, then split them up, and then have Beth win the, win the women's title one more time before she decides, you know what, I'm done. Yeah. To where her kids essentially can see her wrestle, can see her win a title, kind of. Kind of like Goldberg did. He yeah. came back for his kid. Now Bess had a couple kids. Well, and now done she, all, done. she has to since, uh, unfortunately, as much as people want to say, oh, he can come back. No, he no, can't. No, Edge cannot come back. And people that's need to why, stop that, saying one more match. And that's why Paige can't come back. Yeah. They have the same injury. Yeah, exactly. But people need to understand that and right. move on already. And you know what? He is doing just fine. Oh, they, yeah. They, Vikings? Vi- Fantastic. He's done Vikings. He his did podcast. Hit the, their podcast. Rocket, uh, what Rocket was, Strap Us, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. Uh, what was, I forget the first show that he did when he first finished wrestling on, like, Sci-Fi Channel. I'm blanking oh, he's, on the name. He's had yeah. a lot on Sci-Fi. He, and he is going to be – they are just fine. It's just yeah. the fact – now I think she's at a point – it's like, you know what? She – she went back to school. She got her degree. She had a couple kids. Now I think she's at that point of, you know what? I want to go wrestle again. Yeah, and, and she's let been, her. And but she, she's been around she, it too, so exactly. she's like getting that bug. She's exactly. like, I got to do this. And she was always fantastic. She always yeah. had that pop, like that. You know, she was the when power. She was with of, Santino. Oh yeah, dude. She was just the power. She was the muscle of yeah. that women's division back in the day. Now you have her. If Tamina can ever stay healthy, you got her. Nia Jax. You have. These type of women where now it's not just her. She can have some really good matches where you know it's, oh, she could easily run through it. No, she's going to have a fight. Yeah. And it's going to be great. I love it. That and then what? The fatal, the the six-man tag at the end. Yeah. Everyone. Fantas- Say whatever you want about Baron Corbin. Yeah. That was a fantastic Baron performance Corbin, from him last Baron night. Baron Corbin has always, I thought, been pretty good. He's just ne- he's just always gotten a bad rap. Yeah. And just hasn't been given much of a chance. Yeah. I You know what? Put him in like the U.S. title, intercontinental title scene, and I think that'd be a perfect spot for him. I would have to Maybe disagree tr- in one regard because I'm sick and tired of seeing Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin. Well, and that's I'd, the only reason right. why. Well, I'm not saying that it has to be against Finn Balor. Yeah, but just essentially that mid card. I, I think agree. I think he could probably fight for you know f- that occasional big title, you know, major title, whichever show he's on. But I think. I think his spot is going to be that mid card, and you know what? There have been guys who've made a great career being in that mid card. Yeah, and there there was a moment last night. Someone sent me a snap on our Dark Match Podcast uh, Snapchat page that was at the show, and they gave they really gave Dean some ample time at the end to where I don't know if oh, I I honestly I don't think he's leaving. I don't think so either. I I honestly think they weren't going to put it out there that they weren't going to re-sign him if it wasn't an angle. Like, his contract may legitimately be up, and it's kind of like Punk's was that one year where we're going to say his contract's up. We're going to give him a little bit of time off in between, but you know he's coming back. And you look at it from, for example, rumors come out. Yeah. Rumors come out all the time. Oh, absolutely. Like, the Revival says that they want their release. Did they really state, like, hey – like, did WWE put out, like, no. 
WWE put it out for Dean saying that he's not going to resign. Yeah, something's going to happen. He's yeah, going to come back. He's going to rebrand or something like that. Who knows? I don't know if he's going to rebrand, but I think this could easily give him a chance. You know, they're talking. You know, obviously they're going their separate ways because Seth's got his title match. Dean or Roman's got to do something. Dean's con- quote unquote contract is up. What are you going to do? I and s- honestly, I thought before that match, the way the all. All six of them were just staring at each other before they went to blows. I was waiting, and because, you know, Dean's always, like, super amped up, I literally was waiting for him to all of a sudden just take three steps back, walk out of the ring, and leave it as a three-on-two handicap. I thought that's what was going to happen. I had that same exact feeling. Like, I thought that, and then it's, and then somehow it was going to be Roman versus Dean, and then Dean was going to walk out. Like, essentially, like, I walk think- out with the end of his contract. Yeah. I think that would be a great match. I would love to see it, even if it was like a friendly, yeah. like a friendly bout at WrestleMania, Dean versus. Yeah. And honestly, and obviously, we're recording this before before the Raw post Fastlane. Who's to say that doesn't happen tonight? Well, it, only time will tell. But right. I, I mean, that pretty much does it for Fastlane. But there was plenty of other stuff that happened this weekend as well that I'm oh, excited yeah. to talk about. Right. But let, let's get into our interview right now and dive right on in. <laughs> so I appreciate you, like I mentioned. It's just some unfortunate circumstances of timing, but we appreciate you taking some time out of your day to come on the line and talk with us here today. So for those individuals that don't know who you are, you, of course, are William Huckabee. You did kind of make your way around social media recently with a topic that we definitely want to touch on and kind of get your viewpoints and get a little bit more of the story as well. But for those individuals that don't know who you are or haven't heard that story just yet, we'll hold off on the story for now, but tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? Uh, I'm originally from New Bern, North Carolina, the birthplace of Pepsi. Um, you know, North Carolina, the, the home of Michael Jordan and the adopted home of Ric Flair. And, uh, you know, I guess the, the center, the epic center of, of the NWA and stuff. Oh, outstanding. Now, do you still live there currently? No, I am now a resident of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. (laughs) (laughs) So what was kind of that thought process of moving from North Carolina to Atlanta? Uh, It it was actually very simple. Uh, Me and my family, we lost our house and all of our, like, worldly possessions uh, due to Hurricane Florence this past October. Oh, geez. Uh, And and we've been wanting to move to Atlanta for a while. Uh, And then because of the hurricane and us losing everything, that just kind of – made the best sense is like hey we we don't really have anything here we have nothing holding us back like let's just go ahead and make the move oh yeah and especially with exactly what you went through with hurricane florence it it, you're always looking for like i myself with my wife we're we're constantly well i wouldn't say we are constantly i'm constantly looking for that moment that kind of says hey let's just move to florida already and (laughs) and i've been trying for a long time but it, it will happen, man. If you, I realized if you try to plan out the stuff and save up and um, try to find the perfect area to move to, like it's not going to happen. Like sometimes, it's, just like with wrestling, you just got to take that leap of faith and just say the hell with it and go. Yeah. And we have plenty of family down there too, and that's kind of what I want to move around down towards there. And I'm up in Cleveland, Ohio, so any opportunity to get away from – um, yeah, it's Ohio. Se- oh, man. Seasons. Ohio's horrible. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Seasons. And the worst part of it is is I, I, I grew up here. I, I'm originally from Scranton, Pennsylvania, but my family kind of bounced between Cleveland and Scranton, and there's really not a huge difference in the weather. 
and I want to get away from it. I would love to be somewhere where it's sunny and no snow all year round because of the fact that, unfortunately, even people that have lived here for 30-plus years, when it snows, they still have no idea how to drive. Well, not just that, but I mean, I've driven through Ohio, man, and um, I thought South Carolina had the worst highways, and then I drove through Ohio, and I realized <laughs> that uh, y'all might have the worst actual highways in oh, in, in the in the country, uh, and y'all have like zero actual interstates. Yeah, well, we have some interstates, but unfortunately, they're horribly numbered, like. To navigate through Florida or North Carolina, South Carolina, it's so simple. But with Ohio, it is the – because these interstates, as they call them, some of them are residential streets, which just makes yeah. absolutely no sense. And, like, unfortunately, there's some people here that, like, near me, there's a road known as 237. Well – there's like four different names for 237, and unfortunately, no one refers to it as 237. They either refer to it as, for example, Rocky River Drive, Riverside, or Berea Freeway. It, it's so yeah. weird, and I I completely agree with you. Our our highways are terrible, and there, there's one. <laughs> there was one Facebook post the other day that someone said that there's a two bedroom, two bath pothole. On Interstate 90. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, every time I drive through Ohio, I have to bring like when I come back, I have to get my car realigned. Yeah. Not yeah. saying the people of Ohio are horrible, but the roads definitely are. Oh no, I'll give you that. And there, there's some people up here too, so I'll, I'll give you that as well. But so you're in Atlanta, Georgia now, and you, you grew up in the birthplace of the NWA. So just kind of going off of that statement alone. Was wrestling something that w- was predominantly uh, available in your household? Was it you were NWA oh. country, so you needed to keep up uh, on the recent happenings of NWA? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, my, my very, very young life, uh, all the way up till from, I'll say from age four to about age nine, not, well, nine to 11. Uh, from age four to about 11, I lived in St. Louis, but my, my father was a, tra- a tape trader. Um, and so my father's from St. Louis. My mother's from North Carolina. My father's a huge AWA, um, uh, uh, you know, St. Louis wrestling fan because he grew up going to wrestling at the Chase. My mother, of course, is a huge NWA fan. So uh, we got I got to watch all kinds of wrestling as a kid. I got to watch AWA. I got to watch um, a lot of Sam Muchnick. I got to watch, of course, a lot of NWA and Georgia Championship Wrestling because we had TBS. Uh, because we had cable, uh, I got to watch WWE on Saturdays and stuff. So I got to watch wrestling from all different types of territories. Plus, like I said, my dad was a tape trader. So he would get tapes of wrestling from Japan and Memphis and um, from Texas, all all the territories in Texas and Portland, Oregon and California and stuff. So I, I just got to watch everything as a kid. And you kind of got that additional experience because myself growing up, it was WWF. ECW, WCW, and that's all the kids were really watching uh, where I was at. Tape trading didn't really come into play, and I was kind of the institutor of, like, tape trading. Uh, There was one day where, I know I premised this on on previous episodes, but I I wanted to watch this pay-per-view. Finally convinced my parents to let me watch it. They went to take me to go see it, and they weren't showing the pay-per-view that one 
time. And they showed every pay-per-view at this establishment. But because of the event that it was, it was St. Valentine's Day Massacre, they decided not to show it because it was on Valentine's Day. And they decided, hey, we're not going to – and they never really let me watch wrestling. And they just decided that day, they're like, look, we're not going to prevent you from doing it. So if you want to go down to the video store and rent a movie, that's fine. Here you go. I walked out of Hollywood video at the bottom of my street with probably like 15 tapes from everything from like Dragon Gate to like early ECW. I remember like I got one video that almost got me like grounded for life, which was XPW and just anything I could get my hands on. And I just continuously went and like started showing like classmates like, oh, you got to check this out, too. You got to check out this guy like Tiger Mask and everything. And all these kids cared about was WWE, WWF at the time. WCW. I, I feel like I feel like I'm kind of dating myself because I'm like, yeah, I used to watch like you know Sam Muchnick. I used to watch the Grams in Florida, and you're talking about St. Valentine's Massacre, and I'm like, man, that was like in the '90s, wasn't it? Like I remember but, that pay per view, like yeah, like that was in the '90s. Like uh, for me growing up, like just in a, a huge wrestling family, uh, we I remember we used to schedule our holidays around wrestling pay per views, so. <laughs> We would eat Thanksgiving dinner early because back then Survivor Series actually came on on Thanksgiving. And then we would eat Christmas dinner early and go visit everybody early because, you know, Starcade would come on on Christmas. Um, so we've always, like, growing up as a kid, like, the only things we really focused on in my family was, like, boxing and wrestling. And that was my childhood. That's awesome. Well, like, uh, the problem was my family, it was, it was, very, very much not allowed. It was restricted in our household to watch wrestling. So I was I was kind of late to the game to where I could watch it regularly. Now, granted, I was allowed to watch it. it well, I wasn't allowed to watch it, but I still found a way to watch it. And I grew up with, like, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, with, with Jake the Snake Roberts, with the original NWA, with the Four Horsemen, and, and that was how I, I grew up, but I wasn't allowed to. So when I got introduced to the tape trading, it's when my parents finally gave the green light, like, hey, we can't stop him from doing it anymore. He's going to do it. He's going to find a way to do it. So I, I don't want it to seem like I never watched wrestling before then. That's just when my parents said, you know what? We're done telling you you can't, and you're going to do it anyway. So not, not to f- make you feel any older. So I apologize for that. I for the longest time I, I continuously like I, I would for I forget what it was I think I was in like either kindergarten or first grade I it, it was kindergarten because I was like that one kid that continuously like found any way I could around the neighborhood to earn money and I one summer like mowed everyone's lawn like it was every like I would do one half of the street on Mondays I would do the other half of the street on Tuesdays. On Wednesday, I would do all the edging, and that was like a weekly thing. So, like that summer, I made like close to like four or five hundred bucks, and I just went and I bought a TV, put it in my room, and I would literally just like close my door, and I would literally put on any type of wrestling I could just to avoid like getting caught watching it. Unfortunately, and so that's that's kind of how I came up. It wasn't where my my dad still to this day he's never been a fan of wrestling, never watched wrestling. My mom's the same way. My wife tolerates it, unfortunately. But Man, it's so horrible. I know. 
I know. It was like it could have been a cool bonding moment. Like there's so many times like where like especially like my sister-in-law, like she criticizes it and she was over last night and I uh had turned on um Fastlane and she was like mocking it and stuff like that and like and then it just got to the point where she's like sitting down like watching it like holy crap, like how are they doing that? It's like, yeah, like maybe you shouldn't be making fun of this cuz you know what? It's actually pretty entertaining, but more importantly uh like, there's a whole lot of athleticism in here that maybe you, you're taking for granted here. See, with my family, like, my wife, she really enjoys watching, uh, watching, going to indie shows. Um, my kids, like, they'll watch, they'll watch WWE if Cedric Alexander's on because he's a friend of mine. And, like, if there's people they, they've seen on the indies, they'll go and they'll watch WWE unless it's, like, The Undertaker or Triple H. Uh, but for the most part, like, my entire family right now is, like, really hooked on New Japan. The first time, it, funny uh, Cedric Alexander story for you, uh, since he's a friend of yours. He was actually the first person out of anyone I've ever met. Uh, I met him at Access, and I followed his career for a very long time. I was actually uh, at an indie show for AIW, and he had this crazy match with uh, Candice LeRae. And it literally destroyed her in the match, and... Like, followed his career. Every single time he was in the area, I would go see him. Only person... Is that the match, is, is that the match where he gave her the lung blower or the... Oh, it's like the, the full-blown, like, it's like the ongoing meme right now? Yeah. Yeah, it's where it like went, like, super viral. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was there for that. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And I literally, like, met him at Access, and I had to look at him. I'm like, I'm like I've never been starstruck before. He's like, how many times have you been to Access? I'm like... I've been here like all day and I was here yesterday. Like I'm, he's like, bro, like you don't, you don't gotta be start. I'm like, no, like I, I don't know why I am right now. And, and no, I, I followed his career for a long time. I'm a huge Cedric Alexander fan. So yeah, he's a great, he's oh, a yeah. great guy. We ain't gonna put him over too much. Cause Vince is doing that, but he's a good guy. Yeah. He, <laughs> I, I don't think he needs the help of my podcast to put him over. I think he's doing things just, just right himself. So exactly. So your kids watch it. My kids are the same. I I got four of them, and my son was trying to watch it last night. He was getting a little involved, but then he decided that he was going to try to do frog splashes from, like, the ottoman to the couch, and I'm like, okay, maybe this isn't the right idea right now. Yeah, see, my kids are trying to do, like, pile drivers and brain busters (laughs) and stuff to each other. So it's like now we have rules where it's like, hey, as long as it's ground wrestling, it's fine, but no picking each other up and slamming each other now. Like definitely nothing where it involves dropping somebody on their head and or neck. Yeah. Like that's the rules now. Um, but no, they're they're really big fans of New Japan. Um, like I said, they'll watch some WWE if there's people that they know and like. But uh, and then they they love going to indie shows as well. Uh, luckily, my kids are still at the age where it's cool for daddy to be a wrestler. Uh, they haven't hit that age yet where it's like, oh god, my dad wears spandex. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, kind of moving along, so uh, you have your kids that are, are watching New Japan, they're watching WWE, you have friends that are in WWE as well, but taking some steps back to where you were a kid, and you're watching these tapes with your dad, you're watching all these different promotions, what was kind of that moment for you when you were like, this is exactly what I want to do? Oh, I don't I don't know if there was an actual moment where I said, I want to be a wrestler. Um or even like I know a lot of people are like, oh, I remember the first match I ever watched. Um, 
I can't remember any of that. I can't remember the moment where I was like, I want to be a wrestler. I just kind of always was like, when I was a kid, it was always like, I either want to be a professional wrestler or Optimus Prime. And since I can't turn into an 18-wheeler that turns into a robot, it was kind of like, all right, I guess the wrestling is the way to go. That that was a good choice. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) And those Um, are are good goals to have, too. I mean, but just for me, like I said, like wrestling has always been, I can't remember a part of my life where there's never been wrestling. Um, With the exception of of when I was in the military, it was very hard because I was overseas and stuff. But other than that, like, and even then, uh, I still kind of watched uh, WWE because they had down the Armed Forces Network. But I, wrestling has always been a part of my life. Now, obviously, wrestling was always a part of your life. But what kind of steps did you take to make this uh, essentially a dream and something that you've been so passionate about for so long? What steps did you take to make it a reality? Oh, man. I I think I have, like, the weirdest story when it comes to being a professional wrestler. Do um, tell. Because I, I didn't know any – this was, you know, once again, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to date myself. Uh, this was, like, in the pre-internet days where you still had dial-up and stuff. Um, I had no idea how to get into the business. Uh, I'd never really been to any actual indie – what you would call independent shows. Um so there was this guy, I had a friend of mine who knew a guy who was being trained by the Stro. And they had like a, the guy had actually bought a ring and had a ring set up in his backyard and stuff. And so we all went over there. Um, and he would basically show us what he had learned from the Stro the week before. Uh, and that kind of turned into me becoming a backyarder for a number of years. Uh, and then fast forward, I was working in the gas station and this guy came in and was like, hey, can I put this flyer up? And I was like, yeah, what's it for? And he was like, oh, there's a wrestling show here in town that's coming like in two weeks. And I was like, oh, man, sure. Like, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Like, hell yeah. So I went to the show um, and I, hung, I watched the entire show, had a great time. Afterwards, I kind of hung out uh, out front and stuff like most wrestling fans do. And just waited for the wrestlers to come out. Um, and the first wrestler that came out that I saw was Damian Wayne. And um, I asked Damian Wayne, I said, hey, man, look, I'm a huge wrestling fan. I've always wanted to be a wrestler. Um, I kind of do some stuff like at a friend's house in the wrestling ring he has, but I want to be like you guys. Like, what do I do? And he told me I had to get trained and go to a school and get trained. And I was like, all right, well, do you know anybody that trains? And he uh, he's like, well, I've heard the promoter here trains guys and stuff, you know, if you, if you live here in town. And I was like, yeah, I do. So I talked to the promoter. Uh, he was a total and complete fucking con artist. He was like a carny in every sense of the word. Um, he charged me like three grand plus 500 bucks for a tryout, and I paid it all up front. Oh, jeez. Uh, yeah, signed a contract with this guy and everything. And then nine months later, he like, packed up and took off to like Florida and tried to get me to pay the rent. And basically it was like, um, he basically tried to hold me to a, this contract and stuff. It was like, he got a percentage of all of my payouts and stuff for the next five years or something crazy. And I was just like, no, cause you haven't even like trained me for the, like the contract said you had to train me for a year. You're not doing that. So really, if I want to, I can sue you and get all of my money back. Like, let's just, you know, let's just split on good terms and we'll go from there. Uh, and he was like, oh, yeah, okay, well, as a, as a favor, I'll, like, give you the, the names of all the promoters and stuff that I know, and I'll put in a good word for you to help you get booked. Obviously, that shit never happened. Um, 
so I had to find another guy who actually had a really good reputation in my area and stuff. Uh, and I kind of went to him and him and some of his associates are who I credit with being my trainers because they actually, even though I knew wrestling moves, I knew nothing about wrestling psychology and how to put together a match and how to actually, uh, what a gimmick was and stuff like that. And so, uh, I ended up working with those guys and training with those guys and I've been doing it ever since. And it's unfortunate to hear because uh, unfortunately with, with all the stories that we have, we hear these stories about all these wrestling promotions and unfortunately how there are some good ones, there are some bad ones, but I, I will say that honestly, one of, this story that you just shared with us is probably right up there with one of the worst experiences that I've personally heard. Just yeah, someone... this was like this was before Facebook, so I couldn't like get on Facebook like, "Hey, any good wrestling schools?" Like this was on like MySpace, like this was like the beginning of MySpace, really. Yeah, and, you and, know. So and, and Yelp so, too. Yeah, <laughs> so, there needs to be like a wrestling Yelp. That's what we should start. Like you and I should just start a wrestling Yelp, and we just like we, we critique all the wrestling schools in the U.S. That that now that might be the probably the best thing. Yeah. <laughs> we should do that and like it lists like all the successful people that have come out of that school and because even on social media today like you can put on there like i was trained by this person and this person and this person okay there, there's really no way that you can really unless you're actually reaching out to that person there's really no way to truly track that information exactly so there, um, there needs to be like a wrestling yelp well, you know, like my the way I feel about it is because, like I said, I wasn't trained by a a former WWF or WCW star. Um, the guys that actually trained me were just some really good local indie guys from the, from Eastern North Carolina uh, who had a good reputation, uh, and and they really set me on the path. And then for me, which is different from a lot of younger kids now, is that I went and seeked out mentors. And I would show if the show started at if the show started up at seven. I would get to the show at like three o'clock. Um, and once I helped set the ring up, I would bug the veterans in the locker room to like, hey, can you show me some stuff? Can we roll around? Whatever. Um, and and most of the time, the guys were very hospitable. They were like, okay, well, yeah. Uh, and of course, they would rough me up and they would stretch me. But at the same time, they would show me uh, how to lock up correctly and how to do moves correctly or how to tweak this to where it better fit somebody that was like of my size and my agility and stuff, you know? So, uh, a lot of guys now, like, they just feel like, Oh, I go to this wrestling school. I train every week. I don't need to show up early and roll around. But for me, uh, that was a lot better than any school because you would have guys, you know, on a show from all over the country and if you got five or six guys from different states and different areas or whatever, all showing you different moves and, and, and different uh, different combinations and stuff like that and different submissions, different holds, that was way better than going to any school four or five days a week for me. Yeah, and more importantly, just being in that position where you're making yourself known. Now, in that day and age, you didn't have social media like you had mentioned. You just had word of mouth, and the wrestling community, that that travels fast. And here you are showing up to shows. You're literally just trying to grasp any piece of knowledge that you possibly can, and eventually that time's going to come where you're rolling around in the ring, and 
And it does happen, unfortunately. Someone calls off. Someone can't make it. Someone has car trouble. Someone's sick. Someone has a family emergency. The list goes on and on. Well, here you are. You're proving yourself that you know exactly what you're doing. And then that spot's going to open up for you. Or if down the road they have that spot that they need filled, here you are, and they already know what you can do and what you can work as well. So nowadays, and correct me if I'm wrong, nowadays you can see a large majority of information on so superstars on social media, on YouTube. But you were coming into it in that time where all those were pretty fresh. Uh, you had MySpace, but... YouTube was still in the beginning. It's not where you can find anything on YouTube today. What kind of steps did you take outside of just finding those mentors? What steps did you take to preserve yourself spots on these independent shows all throughout North Carolina and South Carolina? Uh, for me, as far as like getting spots on shows, uh, it was not just trying to make connections, asking guys like, where were you going to be at? Um, contacting the promoters, uh, and then getting a good group of guys to ride with. And I think that's one of the most important things when you're first starting out is find you a really good group of guys that you can ride in the car with week in, week out, no problem. They want the same things that you want. They have the same drive, the same determination and stuff. And it kind of creates a little competition inside the car to be better. Um, for us, it was just – and don't get me wrong, I was not the best uh, – I was not the – the best example of a green kid in wrestling um, because I still had a, a lot of attitude. Um, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder and stuff because I, I was very athletic and I was in really good shape at the time. And I thought I was better than what the hell I actually was, which is a lot of kids faults, uh, a lot of kids downfall. Uh, but I was just very vocal uh, when I shouldn't have been. Um, but the promoters that did give me a chance, um, I would go out there and I would bust my butt. And for me, it wasn't about making money. Uh, it was just like, hey, if I can get there and get home, I'm fine. I just want to be in the rain. Mm. And that's a good mentality to have. Just give me that opportunity. Now, I'm going to put you on the spot here. You said find yourself a good riding team to roll around with. Right now, I need your best travel story. Mm. I don't know, man. It's been so many ridiculous. I don't know, like people. It's been so many ridiculous things that's happened to me on the road. Um, oh man, I've, I don't know. A lot of them is like, a lot of them involve the police and just being a black guy in the South riding, riding <laughs> like riding the rental car. Um, I don't know. I think like. I don't know. I, I think like one of the funnest times I've had was uh, driving from Bristol, Virginia to Texas with uh, Jason Kincaid, Chris Richards, and Chase Owens, and just being the young guy in that car uh, and just listening to those guys talk about the business. Like as far as learning goes, like that was probably the best as far as like being a student of wrestling. Um, as far as the most fun I've ever had on a road trip. Uh, I actually took a bus ride. I took a, I took the Greyhound to Mexico, to Telecingo, Mexico, uh, to work for Super Crazy last, last spring. And it was two days on the Greyhound, but I had the most fun. 
uh, once I crossed into the border um, and just got into Mexico because riding a bus is a lot different than flying in a plane. You know, when you're in a plane, you just fly to Mexico City, you get picked up in the car, and then you go to the hotel. Um, riding the, on the Greyhound bus from America to Mexico City, well, to Telecingo, which is like an hour and a half, two hours south of Mexico City, uh, I got to stop, and I actually got to see, like, Mexico, Mexico. Um and there were times, of course, like you don't realize how much, how insignificant you are until you're in a country where no one speaks English and you have to, you know, communicate as far as where's the bathroom, where's, you know, food and water and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Like that entire, that, that entire trip to Mexico was so much fun. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt when I was in Germany. Uh, I was in, uh, I was backpacking through Germany and, uh, unfortunately, that entire time, like no one, any city that we went to, you would run into those certain individuals that could speak one, like uh, one sentence and kind of just guide you in the right direction. But just being in a position where you are so vulnerable to your surroundings, this isn't your own atmosphere. And you're just trying to get around. And this person that you're speaking with in hopes that they're going to be able to help you doesn't understand a word coming out of your mouth. I know exactly what you're going through. So yeah, I'm like, now I will say on that on that trip to Mexico, if you want to talk about something that's going to make that that's going to make you laugh, uh, coming back into the country, uh, they had the border patrol come on the bus and stuff, and of course they're looking for illegals and people trying to sneak across, which makes no sense in the Greyhound bus. But I digress. Uh, they come up to me and they're like, "Hey, do you have a passport?" No, first of all, are you a citizen? I said, yes. They said, do you have a passport? I said, yes. And then the guy was like, you're a citizen of what country? And me being a smart ass, I was like, Wakanda. <clears throat> and everybody on the bus, including this dude's partner, busted out laughing because his very next sentence was, where's Wakanda exactly, sir? <laughs> and so everybody's laughing. And, like, and then he realized the joke was on him. And he's like, oh, you think that's funny, huh? Step off the bus. And I was like, are, are you serious? And he's like, yeah, yeah, come on, Mr. Comedian. Step off the bus. And I'm like, oh, you've got to be joking. Like, come on, man. Like, it was just a joke. Like, yeah. how am I supposed to know? You're the only person in the world who's never seen Black Panther. Like, Jesus effing Christ. Yeah. Um, we get off the bus. The guy makes me pull my bags out unload all of my bags as soon as i open my bag of course there's like a couple of wrestling belts he's like oh so you're a fighter and i'm like no i'm a wrestler he's like oh what weight class i'm like no i'm a pro wrestler he's like oh like that fake stuff and i was like yeah like the fake stuff he's like all right mr fake wrestler he's like the next time you crack a joke like that i'm gonna make you rise i'm gonna make you change right in front of everybody into your little wrestling tights and you're going to ride into America in your little wrestling gear with your little leather boots on. And I'm like, I don't think you can do that. And he was like, test me. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, nah, just get back on the damn bus. I hate you. And I was just like, oh, my God. So you try to put a rim on him and he puts you into a rim. And he completely ripped me right back. Oh, man. Like, did he crack a joke after that? Like, yeah, I'm just joking. Like, get back on the bus. Yeah, like, yeah, like after that, he's like, just get back on the bus. He's like, you know, you're funny. He's like, but don't. He's like, we got serious business. He's like, just get back on the bus. I'm like, oh, my God, thank you. Like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was going to be so much worse. I'm like, at some point, if I was his partner, I would have been like, it was just a joke. Like, just kind of take it and go. 
No, his partner was like his partner was kind of shocked when he pulled me off the bus. Like, oh man, like it wasn't that serious. Yeah, and he he, he definitely got both of us. Oh man, like that's the best when you're not even intending to get somebody else, and you end up like ribbing somebody else. So. <laughs> So we're going to take a step away from our interview right now and give a shout out to our sponsor. If you haven't seen all across social media, we are now sponsored by LapelYeah.com. That's right. You heard it right. LapelYeah. If you don't know who they are, check them out. Go check out all their merchandise over at LapelYeah.com. They just had a huge Marty Squirrel pin release autographed as well. Sold out in 60 seconds. So tons of awesome merch there. Shirts, pins, stickers. Even if you are a superstar, you can send in a custom pin for them to release as well. They not only sell, but they also supply to all independent wrestlers as well. So head on over to lapelia.com. Be sure to use the promo code PINHEAD. You heard that right. If you watched Hellraisers growing up, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Once again, discount code PINHEAD at checkout. Get 20% off your entire order, courtesy of the Dark Match Podcast. Once again, that's lapelia.com. Once again, lapelyeah.com and give me a lapel yeah. So you're making your way around and obviously working all these different promotions such as IWA, Fusion Wrestling. The list goes on and on. I don't want to put too many people over because otherwise I'm going to ask for uh, sponsorship dollars. But out of all this time, you find yourself and kind of jumping into a, a recent Twitter post that – I'm sorry – Taking that back, you find yourself in a situation that you did bring to a, attention on a Instagram post recently. Uh, you were at a particular event in Alabama. Now, I, I don't want to steal the story away from you. I just want to kind of get your insight from it because I, I came across this story. I, I've been following you for quite some time, and I see this story just pop up out of nowhere. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, this actually still happens? Like, what the heck is going on? So tell us a little bit about this situation that really had the – it really had social media kind of in an uproar over it. Um, the, basically, I was, I was booked for a show in, in uh, Carbon Hill, Alabama, uh, Southeastern Pro Wrestling. Um, and it started like any other, you know, southern wrestling show or any wrestling show I've ever been to. Um, we get to the main event. It's a, ta- a ten-man tag match, um, and we're getting ready to wind it down to the big finale and stuff. And so, uh, I do a dive spot on the other nine guys. And I'm a big guy, so uh, I'm gonna need nine guys to catch me. Let's just play like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there've been fans, you know, we're heels and stuff, and there've been fans giving us heat and stuff and talking junk all night, and that's cool. That's fine. That's what they spend their money for. Uh, but I do the dive. And there's this one older white gentleman, and what I realized, what I found out later was his girlfriend, and they're really giving it to us. Uh, And so I'm out there on the floor after the dive, and I'm selling, and they're like, hey, turn around. We want to get a picture of you. And, of course, me being a heel, I'm not going to give them the satisfaction of taking a picture of me or at least of my face of me selling on the ground. Um, So, you know, they keep heckling me, and they're like, hey, you in the red, I know you hear us turn around we're trying to get a picture of you i'm still not turning around and then the guy says uh because i started getting up uh let me go ahead and say i started getting up because it's it's getting to the go home um and so i start getting up because i have a spot in the ring that i have to get to at the the finish of the match and start start getting up and i'm on my knees 
And this gentleman looks, this gentleman yells out, yeah, that's right, boy. Get on your knees where you belong. Um, now, let me pause the story there. For me, like I've wrestled all throughout the South, the North, the Midwest. I've been to Texas, Portland, Oregon, Mexico. Uh, I've been called almost every racial slur that you can be called uh, when it's in reference to a black man. Um, and for the most part, I can find a way to deal with that. Uh, I don't like being called a boy because of somebody, if anybody knows anything about the Jim Crow era and uh, race relations in the South, especially in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, then you would know that the word boy was used to demean black men as actual men. Um, and so my father, my grandfather has always told me, uh, to never let another person call you a boy because now they're disrespecting you as a man. So that's kind of my trigger word. Um, so the gentleman says, hey, boy, that's right, boy, get on your knees where you belong. And now I'm triggered, you know, buzzword, I'm triggered or whatever. Um, so I knew there were kids in the audience, but they weren't, they weren't really around this couple. They were kind of to my right and in front of me and behind me. So I very discreetly gave this guy the finger uh, gave him the finger and then jumped right back into the ring, finished the match. Uh, I cut a promo with the promoter and stuff because uh, basically like that match is set up for me to have a title match in the next show. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I cut a promo as a heel and I'm like, yeah, that's right. Um, I'm going to win your Alabama heavyweight title. I'm going to take it back to North Carolina where they make real men. And there's nothing, you know, you redneck, hillbilly, you know, trailer park living, food stamp getting, no teeth having, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, people can do about it. Um, and then we went on about our way, basically. Uh, I get to the back. A uh, referee comes up. He's like, oh, man, I'm really sorry about what happened out there. And I'm thinking that, oh, the referee is uh, apologizing because he was green and he had made a couple of green rookie mistakes. And I'm like, no, that's fine. And we hear the promoter on the microphone still talking after the show is over with and there was a really shitty sound system like you find a lot of small indie shows so we really couldn't hear them it sounded like charlie brown's mother you know what i'm talking about the whole want want yeah yeah so that's what we hear and we're like man i really wish he would shut up like man he's killing our heat just let the fans leave and come back like they'll come back next month ready to see us get killed um he shuts up he comes to the locker room he's like hey guys don't worry about it it's okay uh, that guy's never coming back. And I'm just like, what guy? And he's like, oh, that old man in the wheelchair stuff. We banned him. We kicked him out. I'm not going to let anybody talk about one of our wrestlers like that and get away with it. He's, he, you know, he's, we gave him a warning last show about using uh, language like that. And there's kids here. And this is a family friendly show. And if he's going to talk like that, then he can't come back. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Because I still didn't know what was being said. Uh, then a wrestler's wife comes into the locker room and she's like, hey, did you hear what was said? And we're like, no. And then that's what she tells us that he was like, this fan was like, was complaining about my promo about calling them rednecks because uh, the promoter had said that we know there will be no name calling and no, uh, no, no racist language, no racist slurs, no inflammatory remarks, nothing like that. And this gentleman was mad because I called them rednecks. And he had said, um, why does he get to call us a redneck, but we can't call that nigger a nigger? And when he said, when I was told that he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, he can't come back. Like, there's kids here. Like, nah, that's fine. Like, yeah, 
we don't need to get like you don't really need that kind of guy in your crowd. Yeah. Um so the promoter gives me some dates. We're like, yeah, we'll talk about some more dates and everything. And uh we handle the rest of our business and then we leave. And uh me and a bunch of wrestlers, we go to Waffle House afterwards because it, you know, Waffle House is a staple it's a of staple. every southern yeah, it's a, it's a staple of every southern wrestler post show. Um, so we're in rough Waffle House, we're eating, and a buddy of mine who helped me get the book, he gets a phone call from the promoter. And he's talking, he's talking, and he gets out the phone, and he's like, hey, Will, let me ask you a question. And I was like, what's up? And he's like, what's up with this picture? And it's the picture that I've posted online. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, I think that's from, like, when that, like, you know, that I think I'm flicking off that old guy in the wheelchair and stuff because uh, because he had called me a boy until we get my knees rubbed along. And he told me, he was like, well, look, uh, I just talked to, to – Shane Baker, Sean Baker, the promoter, and he said that uh, that guy and his girlfriend are complaining and bitching, and they're threatening to expose everything and, and, and tell everybody in the crowd, tell everybody in the town not to support the company because they were banned from the show for the language they used, but they didn't feel like it was right that you could give them the finger, and you were still allowed to come back. Uh, so he said that hey, he can't use you anymore. Because you gave these fans the finger. And I was like, hold on. So he could say what he wanted to say. And because I gave him the finger and nobody else saw it, but they have a picture of me giving just them the finger. Now I can't come back. And he was like, yeah, I'm sorry. And so we're talking about the whole situation, how messed up it was. And I'm like, well, what are we going to tell the fans? What is he going to tell the fans? Because next month I'm supposed to be in the main event. And he's like, I don't know. But I, but I have a feeling that, like, you know, this guy – is well known in the city and they're they're going to create a huge fuss because they're not allowed back. They're going to like show everybody this picture and say that, you know, uh, he discriminates against the rest against fans and stuff because they couldn't say, they couldn't call us names, but you could give them the finger. So I decided then I was like, you know what? I have to tell my story uh, and let the, and basically let the fans know why I'm not coming back before this guy twists the story because of course he's not going to tell everybody the entire story he's going to be like oh we were booing a wrestler and he gave us the finger at a family friendly show so I get home and I talk to my wife about it and I'm like hey like this is the situation should I should I say something about it on Facebook or on social media and she was like I would say I would say something because you don't want this guy to say something first and then everybody believes that you're just going to hear you know flipping the bird to fans when that's not the truth um, so when I originally made the post, it was just to tell my side of the story before it was twisted uh, and, and details were left out. And that's why at the end of the post, I was like, I'm not mad at the promoter. I was mad at the fan. Well, now, fast forward and details are coming out. Uh, I can say that uh, I'm definitely mad at the promoter because as soon as pressure was applied to him, he was like, no, we didn't say he was banned. Oh, he's suspended. And I'm like, no, you can't suspend me. This is the Indies. I don't have a contract with you. Like, what you're saying, what you're calling suspension is you just not booking me. And then you're telling everybody on social media I'm suspended, but then you're telling a friend of mine, oh, no, we want to bring him back once all of this dies down. That's not cool to me. Um in in 13 years of wrestling, I've never had a promoter unbook me because of how I retaliated to a racist fan. Uh, I've had them say, hey, Will, you know, I understand why you did it. Can we just not do that again? Let's find a different way to express ourselves. 
than snapping, than hitting somebody or or cussing somebody out or giving somebody the bird. Let's let's figure out something different. Uh, so I, I'm very disappointed how the situation was handled. Um, but no, I, like I like I've said before, like I didn't realize that this story was going to be as huge as it was. Yeah, and it, it kind of goes down to uh, the power of social media more than anything. Here I am in Cleveland, Ohio, and I hear about this story that occurred at a promotion in Alabama, and. And there's, we've had numerous guests on the show where uh, they were at shows in Alabama and they became viral sensations because of it and the actions that happened. And uh, we're obviously referring to Effie and uh, White Mike as well of the Gymnasty Boys. But, and that happened in a gym with 15 people. But in your case, you have a situation and I, I wouldn't even call it a catch 22. I also wouldn't even call it a, a, a predicament in a sense. Here you are, you're running a business, and you have fans that are being extremely rude, racist, yelling things that you're not really supposed to say, and here you are just doing your job, and this guy is pretty much talking down to you. You didn't go over and hit him, but he's been warned previously that if you use this speech, you're going to be removed. And once the pressure is applied, he, he buckles. Now, yeah, well, and now also to just give some backstory to all of your fans and listeners, like this wasn't the first time that he had used uh, racially charged speech. Um, uh, not maybe not this show before that, but in previous shows, um, he had said something. Him or an associate of him had said something very racist to another wrestler. Um, which caused the wrestler to actually get physical with the fan and knock a hat off of his head. Um, so this isn't the first time that this person has said something racially charged. Also, I feel like this fan should have known better because turns out the reason why the referee came in and apologized as profusely as he did was because it turned out that this racially bigot fan was his father. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's terrible. Like, even when your kid's got to walk in there and apologize for his own father, that's no. And wow, I, I did not see that part. Yeah, and it's bad because like the the referee is very young, he's very green. And from what I've been told, uh, there are promotions in Alabama who like him and they think that he has potential, but he's getting so much heat and he's losing bookings because of his parents. Yeah, and, and that's when you just got to kind of say, like, either he goes or, or they go. And it, to be in a situation like that where he's yelling out racial slurs, he's had confrontations previously. Now, playing the role where let's say that I'm there with my kids and I just want to see a good wrestling show, and here I am, lo and behold, I'm sitting next to this individual, there's some things I don't want to expose my children to. More importantly, I don't want them to develop this mentality where they think it's okay just because, and you premised it in your story, just because you paid money, you have the ability to say whatever comes to your mind or whatever you feel or the most hurtful thing because he's a bad guy and it gives you the right to do so. No. Now, I go to shows. I'm very vocal. But at the same point, I'm very respectful. This is someone's art. This is someone's job. And more importantly, this is someone's career. I'll never bash or say, like, and I've been to some shows that 
like where people have chanted, please retire or like don't quit your day job and stuff like that. And trust me, even when I was in the ring, I had people telling me like, hey, you're the one that got yourself into this. Like, why don't you go talk to you on your podcast? You know what? You're right. You're right. I'm not going to do anything to it, but because they're not saying anything negative. But there are those fans that are there. It's like, why would you say that? More importantly, if my kids are there, I'm going to be the one that's going to stand up and be like, hey, my kid is here. I don't want him hearing that. So, Exactly. Like, and, and there were fans there that complained to the promoter afterwards that they didn't appreciate what the fan had said and they didn't want their kids around that because we all know that racism isn't genetic. It's taught. And yes. until your kids are exposed to language like that um, and that type of hate – they have no idea what that's about. You you get what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. Um, so there, there were, like like you said, there were definitely a lot of fans in the audience who complained to the promoter afterwards that, hey, if this guy's going to be, if this is the type of environment we're going to have, you're going to have at this show, we're not coming back because we don't want our kids around that. Yeah. And, and you got to look at it from that perspective. Here's one guy that's going to go around and tell people not to support. Most of those people were there. Because they were probably supporting the show. And he's telling them that, hey, we're, I'm going to go around and I'm going to spread a bad name for it. No, most of the people know exactly what's going on. They know the confrontation that you've had previously. And I've had fans here tonight. And, and I'm, I, I'm obviously, I'm not, I, I, I'm, I'm not jumping on the promoter. But if I was in a promoter's standpoint and I was presented with that exact same scenario... I have fans that have come up to me and they have complained that this is a nuisance. He is a nuisance. He is disrespectful. They don't want my kids around. You know what? Those kids are going to buy tickets from me in 10 to 15 years and they're going to support it. And then when they have kids, they're going to bring their kids back. But because I chose this one fan over all these fans that have complained about his actions, I just lost them. I lost their kids as well. More importantly, I lost their kids as well down the road. So, no offense, I have your son who's in the ring being my referee, so I'm not going to lose him because he works for me and he does a good job. And he come, he came into the back and he apologized to the superstar that you made those comments too. So, yeah, I'm going to keep him. And if you choose to come in, if that language happens again, you're out. Or, hey, you've already been warned once. And here we are again in the same situation. No, you're not welcome back at our shows. You can tell whoever you want, but obviously we're going to tell our side of the story as well. It, it It's going to blow over in that regard if they kick him out. No one's going to say, I'm not supporting him because this happened here. It's like, okay, well, he did this, and instead of hitting him, I did that. Yeah, It's, a, like I said, it's the finger. I do it in traffic all the time. And, like, the thing is, and my biggest gripe is, if the promoter, and it's not like he didn't have a way to get into contact with me. He's been in contact. He's messaged me several times in the past week. Um, if he would have just contacted me and said, hey, please explain this picture. Tell me why you gave one of my fans, why you flipped the bird to one of my fans. I would have told him exactly why. And I thought like the situation would have ended differently. If, if he would have let me explain why and he still would have felt like he couldn't use me, then that's fine. No problem. But it's the fact that he never heard my side of the story. Uh, and his first instinct and his, his first thought was, well, I'm not going to bring, I'm going to ban this fan. And I'm not going to bring this guy back to really 
raised my ankles, so to speak. Uh, it really got in my skin. And then to know that this fan is going to go around and, and smear my name. Because when it comes to professional wrestling, your reputation really is your main calling card. Uh, and I've done, and I've tried very hard over the last several years to rebuild a lot of the bridges I burnt when I was younger, and to get a good reputation of being somebody that shows up on time and has a good attitude and uh, will will work to the the best of his ability and would and will won't, and doesn't you know complain about having to put somebody over whatever. I'm not going to let a fan ruin all the hard work that I put in. Yeah, and in today's day and age too, it. it kind of countering what you said too even bad reputations or or bad stories they do increase some press but yes one bad story but multiple bad stories then it's kind of catastrophic to to your build as well but obviously we we see that you have moved on from there and have made a name for yourself and there's multiple promotions that you still work with to this day you've made your way around you've held multiple different gold and you still plan to continue doing so moving forward and i really hope that this does bring awareness to unfortunately the fact that this is still existent everywhere and oh. i'm a firm believer that just because you bought a ticket doesn't give you a a right to to speak your mind yes you have a first amendment right but it says nowhere in there that it gives you the right to be a bigot. I guess you could pos- you could honestly say. Exactly. And and uh, I've said this before and stuff, and, and I'm going to say it on your show. Uh, I feel like the same way we as a wrestling community, we don't allow misogynistic speak when it comes to female wrestlers. We don't allow uh, homophobic speech when it comes to, you know, our LGBTQ uh, wrestlers and stuff and family we have to do the same thing when it comes to racially charged and racially motivated speech. Like we have to put the pressure on and use social media to call out these people who think that it's okay that because I paid a ticket and I paid my hard earned money that I can say uh, any kind of racial slur that I want to, like I won't badmouth somebody who's gay or whatever, but I will say something to this black person or this person who's Hispanic or Asian or whatever the case may be. I feel that, we we definitely need to we need to speak up and we need to step up our efforts to get any kind of uh, hate speech out of wrestling because wrestling is a beautiful sport and it's all inclusive and everybody of all walks of life all not only wrestle but also enjoy wrestling. Yeah, and it it goes back to the the statement that we've even put all over social media. Wrestling is for everybody, and there's a huge insurgence of the LGBTQ community all across the wrestling the wrestling world from everyone from you can even look at recent signings of AEW of matter of pride wrestling the list goes on and on it is a revolution women's wrestling is the talk of the town intergender wrestling is coming around finally where it should be because these women in today's day and age can hold their weight against some of the top guys in the industry and it's about time that we they finally get the platforms that they need to do so. Now, well, I, I don't want to take too much more of your time, so I only do have a few more questions for you. Now, I know it's a weird transition coming off of the conversation we just had, but for those individuals that do want to check you out in person and, and see you and show you the support that that they want to, it, where can they find you? Where What are some upcoming events that you're going to be at? 
Well, I know this Saturday I'll be in uh, Bluefield, West Virginia for West Virginia Championship Wrestling. Um, next Friday I will be in Fort Valley, Georgia uh, for All Wrestling, All Star Wrestling Network. Um, next Sunday I will be in uh, Norcross, Georgia for Mucha Lucha Atlanta. Uh, I have the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame coming up in Wichita, Kansas. Um, I'm gonna be all up in uh, New Jersey. I'll be in New Jersey, uh, and actually, was it? Blackwater, New Jersey, I think it is, or something like that, for uh, Dog Wrestling Dangerous Dangerous Alliance uh, Wrestling Gladiators, uh, where I'm the World Wrestling Grand Prix Champion. Uh, Combat Entertainment, uh, March 24th. Uh, you just have to follow my social media and stuff. I have so <laughs> many events coming up. And, of course, you can find him on social media. You can find him on Instagram at William Huckabee. Huckabee spelled H-U-C-K-A-B-Y. And you can find him on Twitter at W.A. Huckabee, just like I spelled it previously. But you can also find any of our tags on social media and find out where to find William as well. And you can always catch up with me on my own uh, podcast, The Wrestling Nerdcast, uh, on the Angel Watch Podcast Network. You stole my next talk. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. My bad. Go ahead. (laughs) No, you're completely fine. You you stole the thunder away from me, but you can also find him. Uh, Are you guys on? uh, You guys are on iTunes, Google Play, and Podbeam. Uh, we're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, YouTube. Uh, we just started last week was our first live stream on Twitch. So they can start listening to us live on Twitch. Uh, just look up the Wrestling Nerdcast. Uh, starts Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. Myself and Mika Villas. So, yeah. Yeah. So definitely cross promotion there. So, and you can, yeah. have, you, can um, have, you can have me on your show anytime you want to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> this, this, uh, now, being, being the fair wrestling journalist, I'm not just a wrestler. I'm also a wrestling journalist, quite like yourself. Um, being the fair and, conclu- and, and I guess, all-inclusive wrestling journalist that I am, uh, this week's episode is going to be really, uh, mu- I guess for lack of a better phrase, is must-see TV uh, because I will actually have the promoter of Southeastern Pro Wrestling, uh, Sean- Shane Baker, will actually be the guest on the show. I've invited him onto the show so me and him can actually have a conversation uh, so he can actually give his side of the story and for him to say, explain why he made the decisions he made. Uh, now with 2020 hindsight, would he have done anything differently? Uh, and what the aftermath of this entire situation has been for him on his side. That is absolutely must-see TV. Must-see absolutely. So definitely check that out. When does it drop? Uh, like I said, it'll be live on Twitch Tuesday um, Tuesday at 9 p.m. Uh, we usually record then, and then we usually drop it Wednesday morning. Outstanding. So be sure to check that out. I know exactly what I'm going to be doing because I definitely, it, it, even after the story that you just shared with us, I definitely want to make sure that I tune in for that along with all of our listeners as well. So one more question for you before we let you jump off the line here. As I, pre- I premised previously, uh, we're big practical jokers here. We're, we love a good rib. So you, you told me your Mexico story already, but I, I have a feeling that you have more in you. So let me know your best rib story, whether it happened to you, you did it to someone else, or you experienced it firsthand. Hit me with it. Oh, man. Uh, I think the best rib story that's ever happened to me was when I was green. Uh, there was a wrestler, a local indie wrestler named uh, Otto Schwanz. 
um, who used to be one of the Dup brothers. I don't know if you remember, like, Bowed Up and Jacked Up and all them in WWF. Uh, but he used to be one of the Dup brothers, and I had to wrestle him, and I was super nervous. Uh, and his finisher was an Alabama slammer. But the problem is that the fact that he's, like, 340, and he's, like, six foot eight, And... Um, I'm, I walk up to him. I'm like, sir, how you doing? My name's Will. We'll be working with each other today. Um, just let, like, if there's anything you, you want to do, uh, just tell me what I have to do, where I have to be and I'll do it. And he literally just gets up and walks off. Oh, jeez. Like he doesn't say anything to me. He just gets up and walks off. And, uh, a couple of buddies of mine are like, Hey, so what are y'all doing for your match? It's like, I have no idea. Like he won't talk to me. And the show is keep the show is going on the show. And we're like match number four. Uh, so we're the match right before intermission and every match I'm like, Hey, Hey chief, you know, is there anything special I need to look out for? Like, I, I'm, I'm very green. I've only been doing this for like two years. Like, just tell me, like, is there anything special I need to know about this match? And he would just dip and walk off. And then finally, before our match, he comes with me like maybe 40 seconds before our match, he walks to me. He's like, listen, you ever seen that whole experiment where they have like a maze and they put cheese in the middle of the maze, they drop a rat in the maze and the rat's trying to go through the maze to find the cheese. And I'm like, yes, sir. He's like, all right, well, the ring is going to be our maze and the wind, like actually getting the wind is the cheese. And uh, you're the rat and you're going through the maze just trying to get the cheese. And right before you get to the cheese, they're going to drop the cat in there. And so you backtrack because there's this cat chasing you and you're the rat and you're still trying to run through the maze to get the cheese. And right before you get to the cheese and the rat and the cat chases and the cat chases you, we're going to drop a dog in there. Uh, and then the dog is chasing the cat, which is chasing the rat, which is you. And you're still trying to get the cheese, which is the wind. And right before the dog catches the cat, which catches the rat, which is you and you get the cheese. Uh, we're going to tiptoe through Texas and we're going to tango through Tennessee. and You're going to slip on banana peel. And I'm going to eat your cookie. And then he slaps me in the back and he's like, I'll see you out there, kid. And he walks off. And I'm like. I have no idea what the hell he just said. And I'm looking at my buddies and they're like, what did he say? And I was like, I think I'm going to die tonight. <laughs> um, and like literally the whole time, the whole match, he's like talking in German. He's like talking to Carney, but he's doing it in like a fake German accent. So I have no idea what the hell he's saying. And then finally he's like, I hear him say, double axe handle take it home and now i'm like okay and he gives me a double axe handle the second rope one two three and he pins me he's like great job kid i'll see you in the showers and walks off and i'm just like what the hell does that mean <laughs> oh my god i oh, get man. to the back and i get to i get to the back i'm going to shake his hand and he completely kayfabes me like all for like two years, this guy kayfabe me nonstop. Like if I had to work with him, he'd never talk to me. If I went to go shake his hand in the locker room, he would never shake my hand. Like he would just get up and walk off. And I was like, for two years, this guy ribbed me. And then finally, after two years, I walked up and I was like, hey, Otto, what the hell's going on, man? Like, why don't you like me? And he's like, oh, no, no, I love you. I just thought it was funny never to shake your hand. Wow. And the whole rib was just the fact that he just, He's like, he just wanted to see how long it would go before I actually asked him what the problem was before he shook my hand. <laughs> two years before you approached him about it. Exactly. Two years. Because it just got to a point where I was just like, I would just avoid him. Yeah. Like, he's not going to walk through a match. He's going to give you some crazy, to steal your pun, a crazy maze and just expecting you to, to find the cheese. You get out there, you put on a stellar match, you get into the bag. 
and it's back to square one where he's ignoring you. It goes on exactly. for a while, and it takes you two years to approach him. Like, why don't you like me? No, I love you. I just wanted to see how long before you'd crack. Exactly. Oh, yes. that's perfect. I love the ribs where it just can, it continues on. Like, we're, we're currently pulling one on somebody right now, and they still don't know. And, oh, I'm going to see how long it lasts. But we appreciate you coming on, William. Once again, if you want to follow along, tag any of the social media platforms that we have tagged on all of the pictures. Be sure to keep an eye out for that podcast drop. Hopefully it's coming out on Wednesday. I know I'm going to find a live stream to see just to see everything that doesn't get edited out, if it is edited or unedited. But I definitely want to check that out, and I would suggest everybody here checks it out later on tonight as well. William, I appreciate everything and for you to come on, and best of luck with everything in the future. And hopefully after this conversation tomorrow, you guys find that common ground, you get back into that main event, and you take home that gold. Thank you very much. I appreciate Thanks for having me on the show, man. So Friday night, enjoying some adult beverages. I know adult pops. Adult pops. Adult pops, as Pat McAfee would say. Adult pops. While watching some Attitude Era wrestling, decided to go. You know, as you know, Rock is my favorite wrestler all time, pretty much. Yeah. So he's like the, like the Mrs. Dad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Where he, you know, he's wearing his Get Ready shirt. Like yeah. this is leading in with to like the NWO. In, yeah, invasion essentially. He's wearing his get ready shirt. I'm like, oh sweet. Let me see if I can find this on the internet. Literally found it on this on this one website. Found that one and his white one that was like, ugh, I forget what, what exactly it said. I think it was Team Bring It. And yeah. on the back it says There is no tomorrow. Oh, nice. With a big Brahma bowl in the middle. I'm like, perfect. That's need it. So I ordered it. Shipped from Utah like Saturday. This is a. This is why I hate FedEx in all shipping. I'm sorry. They're probably never going to be a sponsor. We're <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> more UPS people anyway. That's very true. That literally got to Cleveland Sunday night. I'm watching the track and got to, to Cleveland Sunday night. Didn't ship because mm-hmm. it's not meant to show up to my place until Tuesday. So it's been sitting in Middleburg Heights all day today. There was one time where I wanted to actually, like, I was so amped to get my package. Yeah. I was like... I live right down the street from, like, the FedEx. It's on Engel Road. Right. Like, literally, it's a straight shot from my house. And I was like, I just want to go walk in there and be like, hey, can I have my package? It's like, here it is right here. Yeah. Here's the tracking number. You can just go find it. I'll be right here. I literally thought about that today because I was really excited, thinking, oh, my God, it's going to get here. I'm going to be helping Pat. going to wear it. He's going to be like, dude, like, yeah. really excited for it. No, nope. Total yeah. letdown. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, whatever. It's fine. I'll forgive you. Okay. I, I had a moment myself where... I was enjoying some adult pops on adult pops. Uh, Saturday night. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I, I was hanging out with another buddy of mine that's like a huge wrestling fan, and right. we were kind of going through, and we were talking about like old school, like early early wrestling years, and we were going back and forth. And I, for some reason, like I opened up my internet browser and I had Lapel Yes site open up. Right. Bad idea. Oh God. Yes. Yeah, how so much did you? How much? I, I didn't spend a whole lot. Like I only spent like no joke. I probably spent probably like thirty bucks. All right. Like That's not, not bad. Not bad not at bad. all. But like I bought. Um, I couldn't decide between two. It, <laughs> it's gonna sound really weird. Um, I couldn't decide between two pairs of socks. There, there's. <laughs> 
There's Macho Man socks that oh, they I have. Think yeah. And there's one in teal and there's one in blue. And I couldn't decide which one I wanted more. So you got both. Oh, no. My buddy, like, took the phone out of my hand and just ordered both of them. He's like, I'm tired <laughs> of watching you sit there and just stare. Like, and I was, like, going through. Like, I was, like, changing, like, the, like, the. Right. The Just cart try, trying to figure out yeah which like one which one like and I'm like I'm dude so you got to ter- support your sponsor get I, both I did I did and I used my promo code and I got twenty percent off too so cheap plug yeah <laughs> pinhead there you go but I like went through and it was really bad because like I have this tendency like okay what can I like what outfit can I wear these ones with right. what shirt can I wear this one with and then I just got to the point where it's like well screw it I'm just gonna wear them with everything right. And that's exactly the mentality that I had. But it was assisted because my buddy just took my phone. So. Right. Oh, well. But I, I can't I can't even, like, complain about it because now I'm going to have these awesome Macho Man socks that I'm going to wear all the freaking time. Wear, wear them to the golf course. <laughs> I'm going to wear them to the golf course with shorts on. Like, I'm literally. Dude, it's a nice conversation starter. It is. Like is that Macho Man on your on your socks? Hell yeah, yeah absolutely. It's like or or ooh yeah, like I ooh can't, yeah. Yeah, no, I can't do it. I can only do it like when like I have a Slim Jim, and that's the only <laughs> time I can do it. Snap to a Slim Jim. Ooh yeah. Oh god, I love this. No, <laughs> or you're watching like uh, I'm telling you that is gonna sound so terrible when we listen to it back. <laughs> probably, it's fine. It's fine, and or most people are probably doing it too. So that's, that's all that matters. Yeah, but. I, I was also going through, and we were talking about, like, old wrestling movies, yeah. but not, like, normal, like, pay-per-views. We were talking about, like, movies about wrestling. Yeah. And it was, like, you ever have those moments where, like, you're talking about something, mm-hmm. and then you're scrolling through, like, Facebook or, like, Instagram, and next thing you know, an ad pops up. Like, how did they know? Dude, Facebook's scary, man. Dude, uh, they, well, like, tap in your search history, and it's weird. The funny thing is I was talking with – at the same yeah. time where we were enjoying adult uh, pops, um, we were talking about two movies. We were talking about The Wrestler. Yeah. And we were talking about Ready to Rumble with David Arquette. I haven't – I don't think How I've seen – I've not seen, seen Ready to Rumble. No, I've seen The Wrestler. Okay, you with, want you want people to really hate you yes. overall? Ladies and gentlemen of the Dark Match Podcast universe – Mr. David Rich here has never seen Shawshank Redemption. Are you really trying to murder me? I am trying to get you some heat right now. So I, haven't, I'm gonna, I haven't seen that. haven't seen The Godfather. haven't seen any of those movies. Yes. Yeah, we give Come you shit. at me. We, we give you shit every <laughs> single day. Yes, I know. We literally, on purpose, whenever we run across. Text messages, Snapchat, Instagram, oh, yeah. doesn't matter. It's like, <laughs> hey, Dave, look what's on. But, <laughs> but we were talking about Ready to Rumble. And we were talking about um, The Wrestler. Now, don't get me wrong. I love The Wrestler movie. I love the concept. I'm not a big Mickey Rourke fan, but it was still a great movie. It it was an interesting concept. Yeah, but and you could look at it from the perspective of, okay, who is this movie based on? And it could be essentially anyone. Yeah. And at, at this point, you have Ready to Rumble, which... If since you haven't seen it, I really can't. And it's a story about David Arquette movie. Yeah, and it's like about super addicted wrestling fans that are trying to save this their hero who was kicked out of WCW, and they're trying to get him back to his glory. So shocker, David Arquette kicked out of WCW. (laughs) Well, no, it wasn't. It was Oliver Platt that was kicked out of WCW as the king. But 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 it's funny how how all that. I I know. I know. And. And lo and behold, the very next day, scrolling through Facebook, 
scrolling through Instagram, and there is a post from one of our former guests, Simon Gotch, who literally had a conversation on another podcast talking about how Ready to Rumble is more accurate to the wrestling world than the movie The Wrestler. And I was like, I literally just had that conversation the other night. See, now I'm really going to have to watch that one. You you do. It, you need to watch it in a state of adult beverages. <laughs> but to okay. truly enjoy it. Yeah. But, like, you're going to see some very familiar faces. And speaking of familiar faces, mm-hmm. one other topic that I want to touch on, instead of talking about getting drunk and going online and spending absurd amounts of money. You mean which, most normal weekends? Yeah, <laughs> normal weekends. We, we send a lot of snaps with, hey, look what I bought. But... <laughs> Um, a new yeah, announcement just came out with the WWE Hall of Fame. Uh, we're, we're kind of a, a WWE-heavy show today. Yeah, and that's th- my fault. I'm sorry, guys. No, you're, <laughs> you're completely fine. I, I don't want to – I, I want to involve you in conversations, and unfortunately you're not – I would love to talk about AIW. I would love to talk about uh, all these different promotions that we attended, yeah. but unfo- I don't want to leave you in the dark and not have you involved. Which yeah, that's is, fine. Which is fine, but yeah. – Earlier today, it was announced that Harlem Heat is going into the WWE Hall of Fame. Right. Now, with this class, it is now two two-time Hall of Famers going in this year, one being Shawn Michaels, the other being Booker T. That's true. Now making it where there's now three, three, three. Three. You just ruined it. Now <laughs> that's four. You just ruined it. I was going for my Booker T thing, but there's three two-time Hall of Famers, and that, of course, being Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels, and Booker T. Now, it begs the question, obviously, is China going to go in on her own? I think she will. I think she will, too, and she will be the first female two-time inductee. Probably and the then, only two-time. Until you start getting these female tag teams up and going, that's probably. I was really upset, I'm not going to lie, when mm-hmm. the Dudley boys went in. I was really upset that Stacey Keebler didn't come out as the Duchess of Dudleyville. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. She um, was a small little, like a small little part small of it. Small little but, nugget. Yeah, but, but even but it was just those two. It's not like her Spike didn't go in with them for the bit that he was involved. Yeah, so they, was I the mean, two. there were so many Dudleys that could have went in with it. True. But, <laughs> but and it's only a matter of time before Triple H goes in on his own, unless yeah. he wants to be selfless. I'm not calling him selfish. Selfless yeah. and say, look, I I'm I'm COO of the company. Why would I put myself into my own Hall of Fame? Right. Look at his career. Why wouldn't he go in? Well, essentially, it was the same thing. Look how long before the original Vince McMahon went in. Yeah. It's going to be the same thing for Vincent Kennedy McMahon to, before he goes in. I'm I'm kind of weighing, and we, we had this conversation, so I'll kind of yeah, – we, we had it off the air. Oh, okay. So I'll premise it to you right now, and I'm going to put you on the spot, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now it's been announced that this year's – uh, inductees. I loved when you texted me about Honky Talk Man, by the way. <laughs> We're not going to get into that, but when you texted me about Honky Talk Man and you just go, well, touche. <laughs> that that was great. But you got Honky Talk Man, you got DX, you have Tori Wilson, which I'm not going to talk about. Nope. No. Uh, and if Pass. you guys want to message us on social media and try and sell me on the idea of why she's in the Hall of Fame, I am all ears because I can't find a logical reason, and I can think of four, literally, because of the conversation we had after we went off the air last week, I came up with four more deserving individuals to go into the Hall of Fame other 
than Tory Wilson. And there's actually just really briefly before you before you jump into your thought is that no, it's a question because I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, it, well, still is the fact that. Notice how with every other inductee, pretty much ever, they always go through their accomplishments and this and that. Did you notice how Tori's was just music and all the different things of her coming out? They had mm. nothing to say? Yeah. That should tell you why she uh, doesn't deserve to go in. No. It, it was literally her just walking down to the ring. That's yeah. it. That's it. Yeah. Which and my question to you is, so we have, like I mentioned, DX, we had... Hoggy Talk Man, we have Harlem Heat now. Yeah. We have Tori Wilson. Who is going to be the next person's faction or individual that you think is going to go into the Hall of Fame? Because we're at this point, we're 27 days away yeah. from WrestleMania, which means that because it's probably going to be the Hall of Fame, NXT, and then WrestleMania. Right. So. Essentially, we're only about 24 days away from the Hall of Fame. Who do you see the next person being announced to be? Holy crap. I, I got my idea. I figure they. I figure you need another one besides Honky Tonk Man from somewhere like back in that era. I'm not 100% sure who it's going to be. I know who it's probably going to be. I, you pro- as soon as you say it, I'm probably going to agree with you. Um <laughs> I really have no idea who they're thinking. I think that the next name that they're probably going to come out with, and you were about right on your assumption there, I think the next name that's going to come out is Bam Bam Bigelow. I thought he went in the other year. No. He's still not in. You're thinking of Vader. No, I know Vader's been in, but I thought Bam Bam went in like... Still not in. Yeah, because I think he was one because they're headed back to New York and, you know, that era, you know, that area... That yeah, he's prop. I'd agree with you. Okay. He was a name I talked. He was a name I've seen tossed around as who should probably go in. I haven't. I've kind of quit looking because at the you know at this point you're talking. Yeah, like you said, twenty. You're twenty seven from WrestleMania, meaning you're twenty five. You're twenty five from the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And DX is going to be essentially your headliner, but yeah. to me, even to me right now thinking about it, that's a weak headliner. Yeah. Compared to like other years where you're like, oh yeah, hands down, that's that's your headliner. DX. There's been some years though where you see the headliner, you're like, uh, kind of, uh, yeah. Like, I I'm not gonna put anyone under, but there's been some years where yeah. like I look at the headliner and I'm like, uh, like not really that impressed. Um, but I'm just with DX. I I don't really look at. I, I definitely look at it and say like yes. In my opinion, that is a headliner because you they were controversial, mm-hmm. and if you deny that, then he'll super kick you like he did to Ty Dillinger. Right. But they definitely were controversial. You look at the invasion of WCW. Right. You look at all the things that they did just, when just well, yeah just when it was Triple H, China, Shawn Michaels, just those I, even even before China showed up, just the two of them. They started pushing the envelope. Yes, they they definitely did, and they 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 helped start really getting the attitude era going. I would believe I, to a degree. I, I would have to agree to a degree, but at the same point, the reason why that they, I, I truly feel that they have not yet inducted the NWO is because of all the people that were associated with the NWO. Right. The, everybody was in the WWE. Everyone was in the NWO at some yeah. point. So 
I, I think it would have to be just the three. Yeah, it would have to be just the three if anyone goes in from the NWO. Right. I mean, e- you could even look at it and say, like, hey, NWO Wolfpack. But Wolfpack really didn't do anything. No. The NWO was revolutionary. It changed the wrestling landscape and literally flipped it on its ass. Yeah. So, but that is going to do it for this week's episode. And I wish we could sit here and we can talk a little bit more. But right. be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you have not yet done so. I do want to thank Dave from Ordinary Average Cleveland Guys. You can find them coming soon to everywhere where you can find podcasts available. So keep an eye out. We will put out a nice little announcement as well. So letting you know where you guys can find that as well. Be sure to subscribe to us on Twitter at DarkMatchPC. Follow us on Instagram at DarkMatchPodcast. Also, you can find us on Facebook at the Dark Match Podcast. Be sure to head over to oneamaneuver.com. Search the Dark Match Podcast, but don't go to that website because it's wrong once again. Go on over to oneamaneuver.net and search the Dark Match Podcast. Get yourself some Dark Match Podcast first. Be sure to also head over to Lapel Yeah and search all of their content. Be sure to use the promo code PINHEAD at checkout to get yourself 20% off on the Dark Match Podcast. But we will be back next week, and we wish you the best in the week to come.